John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is no better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched, for everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Uh, Father, we come to you, and we come just confessing that sometimes we sing songs that uh, we know are true, and we're even used to these truths, but uh, our hearts are far from them. And so we confess, sometimes we sing things like, uh, not for a moment you've left us, but right now it feels like we're abandoned. As we ask, Holy Spirit, would would you brood on us right now and say, hey, I'm I'm right here. And and what you're experiencing is not all by yourself. And you are going to make it through this. I'm going to see you through this. It's not going to be by the skin of your teeth. It's going to be through flourishing. Just warm our hearts this truth that there isn't a moment that we're abandoned by you, it's up to us. When the gospel comes, it says, I now do for you what you can never do for yourself. And so Holy Spirit, help us to mentally take a breath and, and sit down on the inside and receive. The life of eternity, the life of the kingdom is not one that's claimed, it's one that's received. Master, we won't receive it this morning. Speak through us to crazy things like millstones and and hands and feet. Speak, Lord. You have the words of life, we need them. Amen. I'm glad you're here this morning. I want to show you a photo to give you some context for my life. So this is my family. Uh, these are our, uh, our was me and Jenny in the middle, and these are our kids. And so uh, on the far left is our oldest, Nathan. He's a senior in college. And next to him is Sam. He's a freshman in college. And on the other side is Jack. He's a junior in college. So that means we're empty nesters. Amen. Yeah. But they're still on the payroll. They still want money. So that's un-amen is what that is. And um, so I, I want to do something, if you have, uh, we're here for a long time, they kept, our family grew up here, if you had your hands on these kids, nursery, in a children's department, student ministry, if you had, yeah, God had me interact with your life, would you raise your hand? 
Now, to you, I want to say thank you. And you don't know this, but what you did for a long time is you just put little seeds of the gospel, singing to them when they're infants, just seeding gospel truth when they're toddlers. Three minutes of truth and 45 minutes of goldfish. But truth seeds in them. And when they're middle schoolers, just okay, 45 minutes of inappropriate middle school humor and five minutes of truth, but the truth has taken root in them. So thank you. This morning, I'll show you another picture. This is a picture, this is nothing to my family, this is this picture of lava. Lava, lava, you know, that stuff that comes out of the earth and it comes on the surface. And here's the deal with lava. I don't know if we have any geothermal experts, but here's the deal with lava. I'll be your expert this morning. Uh, Whatever it comes in contact to, it owns, it ravishes, it destroys, it alters forever. So lava comes up on a road, lava now owns the road. Lava comes on some trees, it's lava, it's not trees. Lava comes on a house. Lava. Here's another picture I want you to see. Every time there's lava, there's one of these rednecks that wants to get close. And, the, and, and then some other rednecks taking a picture of this redneck. Let me see lava. I show you because this is a picture, uh, a, a picture in nature of what does God do to us with the gospel. So the gospel is like this hot molten lava that it, it, it doesn't go, it's not in a hurry. It's, it's slow methodical, and so God brings the kingdom on someone, and it's not in a hurry, but it is not ever give up territory. As part of the text this morning, what he's been doing in your life, is he's slowly marching the lava of the gospel to claim more and more of you. So let's join ourselves in the text here. Uh, if you're taking notes, here's your title for the sermon, Forgotten Rules for Following the True Servant. And some of you might be taking notes because your grandparents pay for notes. That's a great thing. And some of you didn't know your grandparents would pay for them. So I'll take some notes today. And some, hey, here's some notes I took. What do you think this is worth? So take some good notes. So forgotten rules for following the true servant. Uh, I'm going to make five observations. And we're going to walk through this together. So forgotten rules. These are things that have always been true. And we just kind of, uh, we either get used to them or we just forget about them. So we'll see five in the text. Here's the first one. The first rule of following the Savior is you're free to use his power. This is a rule. In following the true servant, is what Jesus is, you're free to use his power. Where do you get that? Let's get to the text. Verse 38, John says to him, Teacher, now we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he's not one of us. Now, let's just pause and read the Bible the way it's written. This is incredibly funny and sad. So what this is. Jesus, listen. Okay. Don't freak out, but there's somebody out there using your name, usurping your power, casting out demons. And so look, he's, like he's not gotten the demon casting certification like we have. You know, he's not got his disciple union card. And so we tried to stop him. And listen, he wouldn't listen to us. And you haven't told us we could beat people yet. So we didn't beat him, but we're telling you. So you can go out there and just, you know, discreetly throw the flag. Listen, that's not how it works. You're free to use his power. This, This other person casting out the demon, they're using the power of Jesus 
to, to bring the kingdom on someone else's life. Someone being exercised of a demon or demons, this is the kingdom for them. This is freedom. This is their biggest problem getting solved. So we, we need to stop him. I, let me, you should ask yourself a couple questions right now. You should be asking yourself, when's the last time I used Jesus' power to help somebody? You should be thinking that. If one of the rules of following the true servant is using his power to do good, when's the last time I used some of his power to do good? You should ask yourself, uh, <laughs> so are you the exerciser or are you the disciples? You should ask yourself, uh, what, what noble reason do I use to withhold good? What noble reason do I sometimes use to pump the brakes on good someone else is doing or, or good I could do? Verse 39, let's keep going. Jesus said, do not stop him. Jesus, we got something to tell you. Guys, guys, listen. No, uh, What's he doing? Exercising a demon? Yeah, we're not stopping that. We're, we're not against that. No, we're, really, we're very much for that. that that's kind of like, like one of the main things we do. People got a bunch of demons, people sick. Right now, we're bringing the kingdom by getting rid of this stuff. So yeah, we're not stopping this. He says, don't stop him for no one who does a mighty work in my name will soon uh, be able afterwards soon to speak evil of me. So no one gets a front row seat to the kingdom landing through them, and they go, yeah, let, let me lead you astray with false truth about Christ. No one does that. No one gets to be the vessel through which God does his power to someone, and they go, now let me tell you a bunch of false things and lead you astray into the fire of hell. So no one does that. Don't, this guy's not going to do that. You should be thinking. You should be thinking as we talk about the Bible. Am I having experiences that make it impossible for me to speak ill of Christ? Let me say it a different way. Am I having experiences that make it impossible for me not to brag about him? Am I having those kind of experiences? Where like, I, there's just no way I'm going to defame uh, and lead people astray about who Jesus is. Because I just, I'm having too much fun experiencing his power. Verse 40, for the one who is not against us is for us. As if they weren't following along. Look, you can recognize Team Jesus, guys. They're the ones not against us. Yeah, but they haven't gone through the OSHA certification of how to be a disciple. Listen, they're not against us. That means they're for us. You should ask yourself, do people have to be a whole lot like me? in order for me to lock arms with them in the kingdom. I'm not talking about uh, theology that's way off. I'm talking about you believe the Trinity, they believe some warped other version. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that the Lord says, these are open-hand issues. There's options here. Someone has to be so much like you before you'll be on their team, before you'll lock arms with them. Second rule for following true servants. Second rule. All help is significant. Where do you get that? Verse 41. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of cold water, a cup of water to drink, because you belong to Christ, 
will by no means lose his reward. So this is good news. This means you don't have to wait for something big to come along in order for God to go, oh, yeah, I'll give you credit for that. Yes, you're going to get up for the medal. Yes. Uh, this is great news for a child who's maybe come to faith in Christ and they're 11. They don't have to wait till there's some volunteer position at church to do good in the kingdom. They get, they get hold open doors to the glory of God. And that counts. See, there's a place for you in the kingdom. I, maybe, you, maybe you weren't aware yet of how the body of Christ work. Those who are believers, they're endowed with the gifts of the Spirit, and, and you then then have the opportunity and responsibility to use those to edify other believers. Because every now and then you have a baptism. What's that saying? Is hey everybody, I'm a believer. I have gifts that you need. So get ready for them. And you have gifts that I need, so stop withholding them. All help is significant. Now, what this is not is a prescription of, hey, you know what we, you know what we need? I don't even know if you have this one. If you do, well, just get ready for some uncomfortable moments. We need a water ministry. Yeah, we need to hand out water. I read this book once that said if you hand out water, you won't lose your reward. This is not a prescription. This is basically saying, here's the bare minimum. And so if we were to hand out water, say, hey, here's the bare minimum. Here's the very least I could do in God's kingdom to get credit. What it's saying is, all help is significant. Every way you'd say, all right, God, use me, empower me to do good to someone else. All of that counts. All of that's good. All of it God sees. So this means that little kids and busy moms and grumpy teens and achy old people and artists and builders and comedians and bakers and, and even lawyers, there's a place for them in the kingdom. There's a place for them to be empowered by the Spirit to do good and land the kingdom on somebody. The disciples are saying, look, Jesus, throw a flag, give this guy a penalty. I'm I'm not penalizing him. But why do you want to put this flag in my hand? I got some things I want to penalize. The third forgotten rule is this. Take your sin seriously. This we forget. We're going to spend a lot of time on this today. We have no problem taking someone else's sin seriously. Really good at it. Super good. We have a problem is taking our sin seriously. Where do you see this? Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. This sounds rather graphic and, and uh, medieval and violent. Heaven <laughs> asked me, do you want to read this? Yeah, I want all these words of violence in the room. Yes, put them in the room. Because what Jesus is saying, that I, that I promise you, this graphic picture of this horrific drowning, it's, it's no, nearly as offensive as what you do to young believers. That offends me. He said, this is what I want to throw a flag at and say, yeah, this we want to stop. Exorcism, no, we're going to let these go. This we want to stop. Well, what's the this? Who are the little ones? These are believers, underdeveloped Christians. How do we cause them to sin? Well, here's how, it's not how it works. Hey, you, uh, you want some of this sin over here? That's not how it works. Usually, 
how we lead someone to sin, a brother or sister, is we unintentionally, or sometimes knowingly, we discourage their faith. What do you mean? What's that look like? Well, in the text, it looks like, stop doing exorcisms. Uh, The previous text, verse 37, stop showing hospitality until you get your hospitality training. Sometimes we discourage people's faith with, hey, listen, I don't think you're ready for this yet. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. Good. Make mistakes to the glory of God, and everything that works, he gets credit for. We discourage your faith. Let me give you an example. We lead people from reliance on Christ to reliance on self. We don't mean to do this. It just happens. Here's an example. Something as common as a quiet time. So we can read, you need to pray, you need to meditate or journal. I'm not against any of that stuff. What I'm really against and what Jesus is against is doing this without enjoying God. That is so offensive to him that we would engage what he said or engage his presence and it'd be, eh. that's so offensive. It'd be better, look, it'd be better if you just drowned right now than continue to offend me with your underappreciation of me. This is what he's saying. Do you feel this right now? I wish you could see some of your faces. How long is this guy going to keep yelling at us? When's the nice shepherds coming back? Those guys guys weren't so loud. I'm not against quiet time. I've been here. uh, We got out of town a couple days ago. Guess how many quiet times I had, Evan? You want to throw a flat? I had any. Sometimes I'm like, oh, Lord, all right, I'm in bed. I'm, I, yeah, no time for you. I'll just, just enjoy each other until I fall asleep. Let's just enjoy each other. That seems weird. Does it? Does that seem weird? Does it seem weird to just enjoy God's presence? As, as I look, read, pray by, while you're enjoying me. That's how it's supposed to happen. So what we do is we, we shift... Uh, to, look, God saved you all by himself, and now let's move to transaction. One becomes transactional, other is relational. And transactional begins to look like, look, I've been having a quiet time. I've been putting stuff in my Amazon heaven cart, and I've not seen a delivery yet. How many more times have I got to pray for this before you send something down? That's transactional. That's the do, 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 and it's missing the just enjoy, receive experience him. Let me give another example. Ways we, we twist. We don't, we don't try and do this. We just, we're just so good at it. We twist the message of the gospel. So the, there's a gospel message and then uh, somehow we encourage uh, this, this flow of shame. It's the opposite of, of the lava flow of the gospel. So the gospel says this. You're clean. If you're in Christ you're clean. Shame says you're always going to be a little bit dirty. That's not true. If that's your self-talk, if that's your other, some other person talk, it's not true you're always going to be a little bit dirty. The gospel, the gospel just makes a long, slow, crawl advance. Said, nope, this is mine, and this is mine, and I'm going to get this. The gospel says, now that you're alive, 
be yourself. Be alive to the glory of God. Now that you've been renewed in Christ, okay, just live, live free. Be alive in Him. And, and the subtle transactional same says, uh, don't just be yourself, you need to prove yourself. That's just a subtle twist of the gospel. That's one of the ways we discourage the faith of another. Verse 43, let me say these words again. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands and go to hell. To the unquenchable fire. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes and be thrown to hell. Where the worm doesn't die and the fire is not quenched. Now some of you, I know, are smart people. And you're thinking, hey, uh, where's verse 44 and 46? I don't see those in there. Yeah, where's that? What kind of Bible are you reading? Well, it, as, here's the advantage of preaching through the Bible, verse by verse, text by text. You come to things like this, and it raises things like, it's called textual criticism. Write that down and tell Grandma send me 50 more cents. Textual criticism. I wrote down a big word. I don't ask your mom and dad at home what it means. Textual criticism is we take all the copies of the Bible, and, and we do this in a lot of fields, and we compare them, as line up, compare them, and see where are the differences. And this is an example of, oh, these are some differences. Now, what's missing in verse 44 and 46, it's just a, it's a repeat of verse 48, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And it's not in any of the early manuscripts, so it's late stuff. So let's say you get to be book publisher. You know, look, we, we want to have the most accurate thing we can, so the things that are late, that are just a re- we're not losing any doctrine. We're just going to... And you have, you, have, you have a footnote in your Bible. It's like super small font. See? The early manuscripts don't have verse 44 and 46. There you go. Now, we'll, now you can rest easy. You know why those, those numbers aren't there. What is this talking about? Where clearly you don't think Jesus means this literally. I, I, see all, I don't see any of you who've got, oh yeah, cut this off last week. Clearly you don't take this seriously. And, and this is, this, what he's, not, he's not saying, yeah, start mutilating yourself. You know why? Because that would be too easy. That'd be too easy. This is not what it's about. I'm giving you this shocking imagery to say what what you need to do is address the sin in you. It's far more offensive. He said this intentional graphic illustration. He's saying... See, I want this to stop. I, take, I want you to take your sin as seriously as I do. Sin, I promise you, what you do internally by giving yourself permission to sin that the gospel doesn't give you, I promise you, this is far more damaging than if you didn't have hands. You'd be far more crippled than if you didn't have hands. What do you mean this, we give ourselves permission to sin. Let me, let me give you two examples. Uh, one of the sins I think we give ourselves permission to do, and I, I, I looked around, is anybody seeing what I'm seeing, hearing what I'm seeing? We sang this song, not for a moment. And I thought, who up here believes this? Who up here is like, yes, yes, I am in some doo-doo, but you're not abandoning me. 
the sin of, of not unbelief. No, I, I used to believe Jesus was, was king and Lord. Now I don't believe it. I don't mean salvation. I mean the unbelief of what God said about himself. God says, this is what I'm like. And we say, I, I don't experience you that way. So you must be a liar. That's the foundation of the sin of unbelief. Let me give you a practical example. This is where I regularly experience and have to confront my sinfulness. Uh, usually at night, I will, uh, I'll think about some hard thing one of my kids is going through. And uh, I'll think about Matthew 7 where God says, uh, you know how to good give things to, good things to your kid. I'm so much better than that. I don't give, I don't give stones, I give bread. I don't give things that harm like serpents, I give fish. Something, uh, you're giving a stone right now. This is a hard, pummeling stone. Just, no, I don't give stones. I give bread. My eternal feelings are, uh, you're giving, st- this is stones. You're giving stones. And God in his kindness doesn't zap me. In his kindness, he unflinchingly loves me. Same for you in your unbelief. Unflinchingly loves, because he knows that he is going to turn the situation and go, ta-da, see? Incredible bread. What you thought was, was punishment, see? It's invitation. What he says is, is uh, what I'm doing is if you, if you actually loved yourself as much as I love you, you would be doing this. But I'm going to love you enough for both of us. And so I know this, you think this is hard. You think this is serpent. You think this is stone. But actually, what, I, what I'm giving you is freedom. Now you said we give ourselves permission to sin. Yeah, we give ourselves permission the gospel doesn't. And so this lava flow of the gospel, it just systematically, little by little, yep, let's take that territory, take that territory. Let me give you an example. Uh, who do you think you can't sin against? I mean, what I mean by that is, who is so awful, and what they've done against you is so much and bad, no matter what you do or say or think, it doesn't compare. See, we give ourselves permission to sin against people. Let me give you some examples. I got some fun ones. Some of you in this room don't think you can sin against Joe Biden. You don't. You go, look at my 401k. That cat has robbed me. And it's down, down, down until it goes up, up, up. I call him Brandon. Some of you give yourself permission to do that. And the gospel is slow rolling for your sense of security. The gospel is taking your territory of security in this world. Others of you don't think you can sin against Donald Trump. This is getting political. No, this is getting personal. This, this, this has to do with you. You think, oh, he's, he's just so undecent uh, and an embarrassment. He's like, He's like my awful drunk uncle. We don't tell we're having a party. And he shows up and ruins everything. This, there's nothing I could do or say. And the gospel is slowly creeping, taking 
your territory of misplaced trust. Thinking that some leader, some elected person is going to make your life right. It's not. So you have the same God of Daniel. So Daniel, it's not Nebuchadnezzar. It's me. I'm the king here. Some of you don't think you can sin against Pastor Curtis. You feel how awkward this is? Yeah, some of you think, look, he reorganized things and then he relocated. And the gospel is slow churning, coming. For your sense of sovereignty, of who's really in charge of things, who really is ruling, who is always kind and never abandoned you. He's like, well, I feel abandoned. God said, by who? Not by me. The gospel is just slow creeping, taking little by little. This is so much fun, let's keep going. Some of you don't feel like you can sin against your spouse. They've got some track record of not meeting your deep needs. And so you, you feel free, like you've got permission to punish them. Oh, in very polished, subtle ways. And the gospel is just slow rolling for your record-keeping and bitterness. Just taking more territory. We're going to get there, and we're going to blaze over this to where you can no longer be bitter. And you have to then re-engage. Some of you don't feel like you can sin against your kids. What are you talking about? I'm talking about you don't believe the Bible verse that says kids are a blessing from the Lord. Yeah, I know, because there should be a verse that says parents are a blessing to their kids. Because I die and they flourish. I sacrifice and they live. And the gospel is just slowly taking more and more of the selfishness of you. Say, oh yeah. The, the way kids are a blessing is God uses them to just ride a wave over your selfishness. Some of you are kids. In fact, all of you are kids. Some of you are 11, some of you are 41. And you don't think you can sin against your parents. Uh, they're so unfair, so restrictive. Oh, you don't know what it's like. I just hold my breast for the three days of Christmas visits. Some of you don't think you can sin against them. This gospel is trying to rip out of you this heart of rebellion. And God's saying, how can you obey me? Someone you cannot see. When you will not obey your parents who you do see. How will you, how will you ever respect and, and accommodate to me when you just feel free to rebel against the ones you can't see? Don't you know I'm using them to train you to engage me? Some of you don't feel like you can sin against your boss. So taken advantage of. I used to get the work from home. Now they may become in the office. Some of you don't feel like you can sin against your boss. And the gospel is, oh, yes, good. We're coming to the corner of pride. We're going to slow roll and, and, and expose and then just flatten this pride 
you give yourself permission to just lather in. You know, one more. Some of you don't feel like you can sit against the Delaware Department of Natural Resources. The who? The Delaware Department of Natural Resources. This is a group that issues surf fishing tags. Yeah, they're the ones that said it a little while ago. Listen, only this many tags. And it was nuts. So, all right, we're not doing that again. All the tags in the world. Here's what we're going to do we're going to restrict access, and not very often, just a couple days. And you've got to make a reservation. It's just going to cost you $4 every time. And it's, look, it's just on the weekends and holidays. And you go, wrong! That's when I'm off work. That's when I want to go to the beach. Nothing I ever say towards them. This gospel is a slow rolling for your deadlock on control. The gospel, God is using every relationship you have to, to bring this just slow movement of the gospel over you. Not, not to punish you, it's to purify you. But this, this, this is the way I make you like Christ. So you should, you should do this. You should keep record of your complaining. And look, just, just, invite, just invite God's primary discipleship tool in your life. The person you spend the most time with. Maybe for some of you, it's your spouse. Some of you, it's your sibling. And say, all right, look, you know what? Just raise your hand and go, oh, that's complaining. Write it down. Just keep track of what you complain about. Because our complaints, that's how we confess our murders. That's how we confess who we sin against. Just keep track of it. Just see. One thing this text is, text is asking us, that Jesus is saying is, uh, can I trust you to give you what you want? So we often will say, look, I, I want this. You know, that's, that's a great thing. I just can't give it to you right now. Because the gospel has not gotten this part of your heart. And if I give this to you, you're just going to consume it upon your lusts. We'll wait. Until the flow of the gospel gets there. So the kingdom of God is always advancing. It's never in a hurry. It's always advancing. All right, the fourth. We'll be a lot quicker now. The fourth rule for following a true servant is enter the life of eternity. That sounds like a command. Well, it's a command and a rule. Where do you, where do you see this? Enter. It's better to enter life. Better to enter life. Later on, it's better to enter the kingdom. This word life uh, is just this word zoe. And it didn't just mean... Something was dead, something's alive, this is Zoe. It's, it's much richer than that. There's this real life, genuine, active and vigorous. Think about, not, it's not some granola bar to get by. This, this is your favorite meal. Okay? It's not some little 100 calorie bar. This is steak on the plate. Thick and juicy and delicious. That the Zoe life doesn't only exist in heaven. It it starts now. What would it look like for you to live a life where I'm so enjoying God that everything's a little bit fun and better. Even the hard, terrible stuff. Because I just have so, he's made so much, me have so much hope of, this isn't hard as terrible because I know how it has to end. It says crippled, lame, and blind. It's better, it's better that the, the gospel ravish you. These areas of your heart 
and seals you for eternity. And it feels like a sacrifice. It feels like punishment, but it's not. It's an invitation to real life. And I don't mean just like, okay, just wait, and it's going to be bad now, and it'll get good then. No, the life of eternity starts now. And you have no idea how incredible it's going to be. It says this, go to hell or thrown in hell where the worm doesn't die. Uh, this refers to two, it's a word picture of this area called the Hinnon uh, Valley. But it, it's a picture of the opposite of the Zoe life. So Hinnon Valley is this place where human sacrifice happened for a while. And this time it's just this unending dumpster fire of trash. They got some trash, take it into the valley, kick it in there. And it keeps, if the wind shifts direction, whoo, that's pretty bad today. Opposite Zoe, nothing flourishes. There's no favor, no provision, no protection. You continue to give yourself permission to sin. It's, not, it's just not going to be a very enjoyable life. And it's not supposed to be. As you're like, I'm craving a more enjoyable life. Okay. So Holy Spirit, just hold up a mirror to me and expose to me, what am I giving myself permission to do to do that you say, yeah, this is, this is mine also. Last one, number five. Accept the invitation to purity. Where do you see this? Verse 49, for everyone, this is, now he's shifting shifted to believers, for everyone will be salted with fire. If you're taking notes, write that down. This is such, salted with fire. I, the women's uh, retreat, I think it was known and loved or hot tea and hugs or something, right? Salted with fire. This better be the men's weekend t-shirt next year. Salted with fire. What is this talking about? It's talking about a couple of things. One is that the salted with fire this references uh, the sacrifices of the temple. You bring your, your, your animal, you bring your bread, you bring your grain, you bring your liquid. There always was salt added to it. Why? Because God says so. Can you imagine? People just obeyed God because he said so. They didn't have to have a whole lot of reason. Salt added had to be completely consumed. Jesus said, this is a picture of what it looks like for the gospel to advance on you. It's not punishment. This is for purification. This is to move you to the life you want. And in case you didn't know, most of discipleship is fire. This is fire. It's just the lava flow of the gospel, getting more and more territory, covering more and more of my heart, addressing more and more of my idols, more of the things I didn't know I was finding life in. Let me give you an example. Uh, last Sunday, this is going to sound like a made-up preacher example. It's not. Last Sunday, we get a call. We're, we're in the car, and it's, it's a couple hours after church. We get a call, and it's, it's one of our kids, and it's one of these where you hear the voice, you go, oh, this isn't, I don't know what this is. It's not a celebration of something great. It's not a request for more. It's something in between, which usually is what it was. Is they got in a car accident. It wasn't like, oh, we kind of like, click. It was one of these where, mm, slam, and said, you know, now I can't drive it. And the wheel's like, and there's all this broken metal. And no hospital, no ambulance. It's all stuff that broke is stuff that can fix, metal and plastic. But... Because God so wants to. Oh, I love destroying your selfishness. This kid's three hours away. Yeah. 
So, all right, boop, turn the car around. We're heading to Austin, Texas now. And I'm going to pick this guy up. And then all the insurance. And here's the other thing. Two weeks ago, I called the insurance. Look, what can we do to lower these rates? I feel like I'm just hemorrhaging money all the time. And I'm, I'm getting more and more resentful of you. And, um, and so after the accident, man, insurance, tell you what. What a blessing from the Lord, insurance, right? $500 deductible, fix it all. Change the paint, put a new radio in. Yeah, I think that got broke too. This is amazing. See, salt of the fire, uh, it feels like I'm, I'm being punished. I'm not, it's always hard. Sometimes it feels like God's withholding something. Sometimes salt of the fire is just waiting. I'm waiting for what it looks like stone to me for you to go, and ding, the bread's done. Sometimes that's what salted with fire looks like. God is using everything at his disposal to purify you. Not just so you be some trophy, so that, yes, now enter the life of eternity. Last verse, and we'll be done here. Salt is good, but loses its saltiness. How will you be made salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with another. These two phrases, have salt in yourself. This is simply uh, allegiance to Jesus. When I permit myself to harbor my favorite sins, I'm not helpful to me or you. Holy Spirit, expose these. I repent of them. Now I'm getting salty. Now I'm helpful to you. Be at peace with another. We don't have time for this, but not long prior to this text, they're fighting with, now listen, uh, I was thinking long and hard, and I've got the cabinet, disciples, I've got the cabinet figured out. I'm going to be the best, and you're going to be second best and third best, and they're fighting on who's the greatest. See, it's, it's hard for me to hate you or to want to box you out when the gospel that makes so much of you had just burned over my heart. It, it's hard for me to think like I can take from you when I've become convinced that you're one of God's favorite. That's what the gospel says. I feel gross to you that you're God's favorite. I read a book one time that was really clear. Treasured possession. The most clear thing I could do to communicate I value you die for you see you're God's favorite it's, it's hard for me to hate you to well to not be at peace with you when I'm convinced God favors you so much look at this so Jesus is saying look, he, he's saying I'm helping you follow me by the slow burning pace of the gospel. This is what he's doing. Uh, if you're a guest, just relax. Uh, at Ogletown, we like to preach the Bible, and then we take time, and we want to think about what the Spirit said. And so, uh, here's what's going to happen. Caleb's going to come up and play something, and I have some questions going to come on the screen. Here's what I want you to do. Uh, take a picture of this. Put your phone out, take a picture, talk about these at lunch. If you're in a community group, talk about these at your community group. But right now, Caleb's going to play, and just for a few minutes, for moments, really. God, what, what do you want to say to me before I leave here? Let's linger. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want to come to grips with before I walk out and I'm in danger of forgetting? 
So Holy Spirit, brood over us now through these questions. Land the gospel on us. We confess we have we have other lovers than you. We love affirmation and we love control and we love acceptance and and we get used to getting it from something other than you. Just clean the deck with your gospel and let us hear clearly that not just Jesus but we too are your beloved child. And because of him, you are well pleased with us. Let yours be the loudest voice in our head. Let yours be the voice that we echo to others. Amen. Amen.